All right. Good afternoon, everybody. What up? No, what use up? Your, you use your, your, <laughs> your promo voice. Oh, so hey. Your voice, so your promo <laughs> like you did, and you had such a dope voice. I'm like, this is the Lelo I signed up for. <laughs> Welcome back to our channel, guys. Not <laughs> made for this live, guys. How are you doing, man? Uh, How is everyone doing? Are we good? I'm, I'm, I'm good, guys. I'm good. Just hanging today. Um, yeah, How's the heat that side? Today. It's actually a bit chilly today. Um, yeah, it's not too hot. You saw my weather. We're burning this side. We're yeah. melting. But it's good. It's good. The weather is a bit iffy. I'm enjoying the heat. Because, man, yo, I can't do Heat, I saw your snap. I saw your snap, bro, by the pool. That looked dope as fuck. Like, that was super dope, <laughs> man. Yeah, I do dope shit. Hello. <laughs> 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 Nothing but dope shit to say. You know. But anyways, um Susa's trying to join, but if he does, he does. Um Okay, let's start, man. It's been so long since we did this. You know, I've been wanting us to do a a proper session in a while, like for a very long time. And I wanted us to yeah, yeah. do like a, a a season three basically of because we, we started with season two and then COVID started and then mm. just kinda screwed around with everything you know production yeah, break. yeah 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 production break basically um but yeah i think let's just let's just see what we can get from this and keep moving man and continue with our conversations because i think it's you know with what i've been observing um with the podcasting space especially in south africa in our country now is yeah there's a lot of conversations that need to be had and podcasting is providing that platform man like especially with um you can take the, the big big hitters you know with the big celebs and stuff like that but also the there's a lot of people like that i've discovered through my group of friends who have yeah. their own podcast their own shows and there's different types of conversations that affect us the youth black youth black people in general or just you know people in general that yeah. and, and, and every podcast sounds different you know and that's the one thing i do love about this is that every podcast every show sounds different everyone's talking about what concerns them but also it kind of you listen to it and you identify with it and then there's the big productions like you know um uh the biggest one that we have in the country and i think it's make peace right mm-hmm. and you know that's a big yeah. production value one that you can see that way it started and where it is now and you can see the growth you can you know shout us to them yeah. for them out the foundations and all of that and as long as we're having yeah. these conversations man and being honest with ourselves because that's what radio didn't allow yeah. for us to have honest conversations because there's answers there's words there's capitalism i'm just podcasting we're just out here let's talk let's be I'm honest really, I, i'm really excited like just about the potential podcasting has um yeah for the fact that normal people and it's not just about star power normal people can have these conversations um it's really dope and i like what matt g was mentioning as well he said everyone is now like using the same formula of inviting celebrities and whatnot you know we need more creativeness and not just do the same stuff. same thing exactly you see so that's why that's why it's kind of like it reminds me when you know when you watch um hip-hop documentaries and see how hip-hop was starting in the 90s and late 80s where everything was underground but it, those guys were, had become superstars in the underground space and they saw yeah. me not not underground to say but the guys who are yeah up and coming guys who are really just having these conversations and doing it in a unique yeah. dope way one thing we are not sure yeah. of in our country is dope creators yeah 
you know. But in yeah, that, yeah. Um, um, just to segue into that, on that note um, of creators, um, there's a topic actually that really got me this week that made us, made me say, listen, we need to talk about this because I've been thinking about it. It's been coming up a lot and I really want to, st- I really want to see how, what everyone else is feeling about it. Cause I, I, for myself, I usually find myself in, in a very, more often than not, I am on the other side of, of the spectrum of what everyone is saying or what everyone's thinking. And I think I wanted to find out whether my fellow millennials feel so the same way. Oh, hi, so hey, what <laughs> you know, I want to I'll find out. Like, like, what's up? Your Are camera you? angle is weird. <laughs> yeah, I know it's weird. I'm not hiding, dog. I'm like <laughs> dying, guys. How goes with that side? Are you dying? Hey, bruh, bruh, dude, like, the amount of work I need to finish in Oh, I thought you were hanging. I'm like, yo, 2020. Who's again, <laughs> <man>? <laughs> you, You're not alone, though. So anything anything comes alone. up in 2020, man. Anything I've can got gang work. I've got gang work to do after this as well. So yo, like, me too, bruh. Really like, but, I, I, but I made the decision with me back right choose I'm happiness guys choose happiness <laughs> if, it, if it gets done it gets done if it doesn't i guess <laughs> it was not meant to be <laughs> keith you are about I to talk about something yeah i, I was about to say about yeah you know this whole cultural appropriation thing that uh, comes yeah. up almost every month or every two months because of what that is happening in the world and entertainment yeah. creativity and now we sitting with that in our country now um with costa titch you know for those who don't know costa yeah. titch let's, look at, let's look up who costa titch is you know, costa titch he came out with a big hit last year um that was a very nice song you know i thought it was just a gimmick and everything so we didn't pay too much attention to the guy but obviously kept him coming up and came up with another song and another song and then i think two weeks ago he released a really 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 good album you know like i listened to it i enjoyed it it was thorough it was an authentically south african sounding album up until you saw the person behind it you know (laughs) it's like oh you know, everyone thought if you if you've never seen a Costa Teach interview, you've never seen a Costa Teach music video, you're like, oh, this is a black kid from the hood, and it's a white dude. You know, um, for me, it really, yeah, uh-huh. for me personally, it didn't change anything up until a conversation started happening. Someone mentioned it, and then it just blew up. This whole week, we've been talking about cultural appropriation. Someone said, listen. Costa Titch is nothing but a cultural appropriator, you know, and we are allowing it to happen. So I was like, yo, this is opening up a can of rooms, but let's hear. What do you guys think? What do you guys think of Costa Titch as an artist? What do you think of the terminology that's being used to tagline him? So Stogie mentioned, he's like, he's not a fan. So look, I'm going to read it verbatim. I'm not a fan of Costa, uh, but trust me, ain't nobody... Oh, okay. Um, and nobody going to tell me stealing the culture. You motherfuckers let people jack actual songs from artists without saying shit, and you're mad at the young boy for living his dream. So, look, I, I have a question, and it's going to seem very trivial, but I don't know if he's colored or if he's white. He's so white. He's, so he's, he's actually, I think, he's Portuguese or something. So he's Caucasian. He's white. Yeah, he's just Caucasian. Let's just say that. No, that's cleared up. That makes a different situation. Because if he was colored, you could always say he grew up 
that way. No, 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 no. Actually, that doesn't clear up anything. Before I go into that, <laughs> let's hear your guys' thoughts because I, the reason I feel the way I feel is because I, I, I kind of understand it because I grew up with Costa teachers type around of white people. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's see what you guys say. So, so maybe, maybe what? Maybe someone can yeah. just explain the, um, the whole terminology around cultural appropriation um, and, and the big issue with that. Like define it, yeah. Okay, what, what's, what's the definition of cultural appropriation? appropriation? <sighs> actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know because it seems like I'm, that's I'm exactly what he's person. doing. Um, <laughs> you know. So the definition says... Uh, it is the adoption of an element or elements of one culture or identity by members of another culture or identity can be controversial when members of a dominant culture appropriate from a disadvantaged minority culture. Okay. Okay. Okay, so, so it, can, it can be problematic when that happens. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But you know, okay, my thing is, and the reason why mm. for me it's just so difficult to just be like, yo, I screw constitution this cultural appropriation because i've seen this mm-hmm. and i also went and did my research and just looked up the kid and what what he's about where he's from he's not just some european guy who just came in and so oh i like this let's do it you know for me yeah. my defense with this has always been that there's a i see a difference between cultural appropriation and being a a product of your environment Okay, mm, mm. so the reason I say that is because from what I read and what I saw, he grew up in Bumalanga, you know, around a lot of black kids, you know, I was reading something yeah. the other day, uh, I think it's an article, it's a, yeah, it's full of a spectrum, this other writer from the States about yeah. how white kids, about white kids that grew up on the blank, black internet, you know, type of situation, and the imp- the, the influences that this has done on them, on the on the modern day white kid, you know. Yeah. So my my initial thoughts on Costa as well. I thought he like he's a product of his environment. I thought this guy probably grew around black dudes, you know, and yeah. that's why he raps the way he raps. And then I saw the interview where he's like he uses Google Translate and whatnot, and I'm like, okay, it's tricky now. See, you know? see, um, see. I think now they. It becomes tricky because now you're monetizing it and you're selling it back to us, right? Or you're yeah. just selling it. You're trying to find a way to make money. Um, look, I'm a capitalist and I'm never gonna shit on anybody. It's just that I I really really try to listen and understand everyone from their point of view when they're saying that. No, the main problem is that he's monetizing it. He's selling it back to us, and the opportunities that Costatish could get could have gone to another black kid. But they are going to other black kids. Touchline here is doing what he's doing. And it's essentially... Vocalistic is doing what he's doing. So my my question is, would he have been big if he wasn't using this gimmick, quote unquote? Because appropriation appropriation is bad when you are making money off of something that kids who are actually naturally doing it are not getting money out of. But in this country, like rap is a very big thing. Even people, I saw a video about... um, Drill Maskandi. Yeah, that's dope. So, if, if everyone's getting the opportunities, is he really culturally appropriating? Or I mean, we can just... even talk about that. Drill Maskandi. Is that now UK cultural appropriation? Because, you know. But the UK doesn't the... have culture. 
No, but that's... No, wait, what? Oh, my goodness. That's, that, that's, oh, my goodness. And, and also, we can, we can talk about culture. What is culture and what is just civilization? Because we are in the age... The, the world is a village now. Everyone takes from something. There is nobody exactly, who exactly. really... Unless you've just been in your hood or in your little native village by yourself your whole and, entire and, life. And you haven't been influenced by anybody. Yeah, and that's my thing with rap as well. Um, for some reason, as a listener, we sort of want rap to be real. Remember, these guys are just rapping, you know. Yep. Um, it, it's not really real, some of the stuff, you know. So, even now, you call that, like, it's just, he's rapping, you know. Um, it's, but, I you don't know, think from, also, another thing with, with, with Costa, if you say, okay, there's a, there's a problem with the culture and the language. Are we mad at mm. him using Google Translate and then rapping in Zulu and Zwana? Or are we mad at him for now putting on an aesthetic but would we then still be mad at him if we found out that he's actually been dressing like this ever since he was five or ten or whatever you know because i grew up with let me give you an example i grew up with a friend let's call him chris white dude i think he's serbian by descent you know from serbia and everything his whole family is like very staunch and all that but he because he grew up around us or around black people and everything from primary school to, to high school yeah. he he was very influenced by that and we, sometimes you just it's also by choice because you find something and you like it and you enjoy it right and, and then you fit in and you liked it women the black girls loved him he could speak the language here and there but even just the aesthetic of who he was you know he would wear mm-hmm. i'm a dmt you know those colorful shirts mm. and you should uh, and this sporty what and the all hell that <laughs> before your time you know? <laughs> but you know he'd wear like because that's what spoke to him at the time like now yeah, fast yeah. forward five ten years later when we're all you know when the whiteness comes in and goes in he's now a proper white gent you know, <laughs> see him you wouldn't say oh this is christopher who was like out here you know but mm. you see that he was a product of the present environment at the current environment that he was in at the time and that was his biggest yeah. influence look in terms of the yeah. translate uh. thing um i think people in joburg are the last to judge because no one well not let me not say no one very few people speak one language properly yeah so the other side of the coin could have been that costa you know can speak um social vernac but he doesn't know how to say certain words in the right way. So he Google translated a couple of things. He knew the words, but he didn't know how to put them and conjugate them and whatever. Um, mm. I speak Susutu, so sometimes I'm kind of like, I know the Zulu word is this, and I'll Google translate it there. It's a favorite there, and I Google translate and I'll speak. So is it really culturally appropriating if he's trying to get the language right? He knows how to speak it, but he might not know how to speak it properly. So would you Guys. prefer that he gives you this gimmicky, you know, half as the neck or is he actually trying, because he can pronounce it properly. Yeah. His also, pronunciation is brilliant, you wouldn't even know. And also the main thing I took from that interview for me was that when he said, when my friends are actually having a conversation in Zulu or Sutu, I understand fully what they're saying. You know, so yeah. it's not that he's not part of it. He is part of it. I mean, this guy, when I did my research, he was dancing for Casper. He was on Jiga Majiga. He won Jiga Majiga or something like that, you know? So this is, this, that's something that you could see. He's been part of the culture from a very, very long yeah. time. Yeah. It's just that. See, so I, have to say something. Guys, I don't know. I don't have much of an input. It's just a question. So 
can we still the, is the problem i've never even listened to his music so i don't even know what he's really talking about but how are, how are we are we going to reduce culture to just the language that's my problem with this whole thing so if he's just using the language itself how is he appropriating the culture uh, it's not just the language. It's the aesthetic. It's the vibe. It's what he's talking about. But I mean, about. but I mean, but I mean, as as aren't aren't we always fighting about having like more accessibility to African culture? You know what I mean? Like making it, putting it more, putting it out there, making it more accessible to the people. So at a point where we start now trying to um, govern how that goes out, especially if it's not being done in a malicious way. I don't think this guy's really doing it in a malicious way. You know what I mean? Mm. Also, Making I don't think he's painting yeah. the culture. Yeah, he's not painting the culture in a bad way. He's, I'm sure he's painting it in a positive way. So at a point where it's a positive representation of the culture, why are we, why are people up in arms? Or are, are they just up in arms for the sake of being up in arms? I think a lot of the time when you see someone who is not black do those things, and especially in in our in South Africa, it, everyone wants to give them credit, and you're like, "Yeah, no, he can keep the land," kind of situation. Yeah. When, but the, the difference is that those people are doing it as a gimmick. They're speaking that language as a gimmick. Like if they were not farmers who had to speak to their to to their employees in a language that they understand, it's highly unlikely that they would speak Venda or whatever language they, it is they're speaking. But he grew up this way, like. It, it's who he is. He just happens to be white. And the fact that sometimes it's ambiguous if he's colored or not, clearly <laughs> it's his culture, guys. You need to just give it to him, enjoy his music, and yeah. move on. And also, how do we define culture? I mean, if we take it further and um, to like where cultural appropriation stems from, yeah. the whole thing of, okay, uh, people coming in and taking our music, um, genres like rock and roll, you know? We came up, black people came up with this shit, but because we were so marginalized and so uh, discriminated against and oppressed at the time, there was no room for black people to monetize and make money from this thing. So white people would just take what what they heard from this black people and re-record it. Same way, same mistake, same thing. And then that's how you end up ended up having Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll. Literally every yeah. song just re we released it back then, you know, and because I think, and that's where I think everything stands from. I mean, but that's, now. That's your key point. Your key point is that it was taken from black people who would have never monetized on it and it was monetized by a white person. It's different with him because it's not like He's other black friends. Yeah, it's not like other black kids aren't winning as well. I mean, he came from Casper as a dancer. So it's not like he would have been bigger than Casper because he's white. He just happens to have been influenced by all these black people. When the minority is not, and it's not even a minority in this country because we're the majority and it is our culture and we're making money off of it. He just happens to live in our space. And the only thing is that he's white or not black yeah. or brown. Myself personally, I don't have a problem with the kid. Um, yeah. Makes nice music. Do you know, so like, here's my question and what got me thinking as well, because uh, that was the main argument that, no, he's, he shouldn't be then setting it back to us, right? Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, let's think, let's look at it this way then. Um, let's look at your Nastasis, let's look at Aries, because they repackaging American, American culture. culture, right? Rap culture. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah especially yeah. Nastasis right now where he's reselling it to America. 
you know, he's trying to break in there, the new artist and whatever and whatever. Is that now not cultural appropriation? Technically uh, not, because okay, wait, according hold to up. the definition, he's not the minority. Okay, hold like, up. Like, I've got a question here. I've got... So I've got a question. Aren't we always complaining about how things are always packaged in a foreign way? Ne? So we are always we are always complaining about how things are inaccessible because of language barriers and so on, and like how and how we relate to, to particular things. So at a point where you're saying someone is packaging something and selling it back to you, if they know that you that the market requires that something be packaged in a certain way, why are we still going to be out on? Or, or why are we still attacking them? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we always complain that a lot of people don't understand English. Yeah. So if, if we always complain that the that the general population aren't really that good with English and their vocabulary and so on, why would we still force a person to then release more, um, release their art in that medium when we are constantly telling people to stop doing it? Okay. Here's my answer to that, right? And mm-hmm. the thing is. This is going to sound so fucking racist. It is what it is. So the thing is, um, history, and in history, you know, and it has proven itself because now we know, but history also has a way of repeating itself, right? We, as black people, have been fucked over so many times by our white counterparts, right? Throughout, for a lot of things. You know, and we, we do something, we come up with dope things or they find things, they colonize us and find dope things and they take it and they make it their own. And then now in history, will never tell you that, listen, this, the, this, the black people were the first ones to do this type of situation. You know, you have to really dig deep to find out that black people are actually the first ones to come up with paper, writing, language, all these dope shits that have changed the world, right? If you don't say anything, what the, the, the white history will, will let you gladly be, mm, make you believe that they came up with everything, with civilization and all of that, you know? So look at it, looking at it from that point of view, if we relax with everything, you know, let's say time goes on, um, I have kids, you guys have kids and everything, and then Kostatish becomes this amazing, major, mega superstar, right? And then there's more Costa teachers that comes out. There's Eminem here and there, you know. And then our kids just mainly just see Costa Tish and Eminem as the rap saviors and the best rap artists who have ever come out of music ever. So they knew, know. That's all they know. That's all they know. Mm-hmm. There's two white yeah. rappers who, you know. And then when you try and tell them otherwise, that might. So I think that's where the fear also comes from. Of you guys have taken so much from us in the past. But uh, it's different. I, I feel like it's different with Costa because if you compare it to Post, Post Malone, um, when he started his music career, was doing, I think, like country or some weird ass hillbilly shit. No, no, no. He was doing white music. Let's just admit that. Okay, he was he, doing very, very white music. He is influenced. I love to post Malone. Because I'm doing white music. No, nothing is bad. Listen to my, listen to my theory. <laughs> he started. When did, he didn't when start did Post Malone cut his hair, guys? I saw a picture of him like he cut his he looks, hair. He looks like a crackhead. But anyway, <laughs> and so he started. He didn't. What he's doing now wasn't what he started with. And he thought, okay, maybe mm. let me try something else. And then he popped. That's a bit different. Costa's been doing this from the get go. Mm. So is it really appropriating if that's what he started out as? Posty moved on to something else that the market preferred and he's he's winning at it but Costa Guys, I, is that I actually i want to jump into this whole thing of, of, i want to jump into the whole thing of appropriation guys 
So let's just say Paris Hilton does Emma Cornrows, right? Mm. Um, and she rocks that and she owns that and whatever. That's appropriating, right? It's appropriation yes. of culture in that manner. It's appropriating because... Why are, why are we angry at that? Why no, are we angry? It, we're angry at that because other people get discriminated for the very same thing, but she's getting praised for it. So, and, and especially in America with the haircut situation, the kids were being told to cut off their dreads because it's unprofessional and you can't do cornrows mm. because it's trashy. So, black kids, and this is this is not like a fad for you. This is just how you grew up and there's no other way to braid your hair other than cornrows. Yeah. And you're getting flagged for it, but then a Paris Hilton, a rich, white, blonde lady does it and then it's fashion. Okay. You know? Mm. Okay, wait. Other side of the coin. Are a black woman getting flack from the other side? Because I know they get flack from us, black niggas. <laughs> we like women But uh, do 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 black women get flack from other races for weaves and turning their hair blonde and blah 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 and wigs and stuff like that? Since yeah. um, I think do they? they That's a good they, point, Keith. That's a good point. I think point. they're they're getting flack in as a, as from a, the as other races. A, yes, the only people that give flag, the only people that give women flack. Ah, black niggas saying, hey, own your crown. Hey, when, hey, it, hey. when it comes from other races, it's in, in response to black women saying, you can't do cornrows. So it'll be like, oh, yeah, but Stephanie, you, your hair's not made for cornrows. And he's like, yeah, but you know what? You're wearing a wig and you know, you're straightening your hair. So it's always in a, it's not a, a whole conversation on its own and it'll never be because there's nothing wrong with it. So then it's cultural appropriation stupid as it turned out because this is where we are. For Everyone it's like, from exactly. each other. It's like how people exactly. say that black people can't be racist because we are the minority and uh, it's the same thing. I don't know. Mm. Mm. So, that's my thing with it, Keith. That's my thing with it. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know, man. The system is is how it is. Um, so what are we saying? Are we saying now Upanis can't do the cone rolls? I think I no matter what was happening. Maybe they want to, to pay homage. So. Yeah, sort of appreciate where it comes from the problem is so pay, when pay homage to who no she doesn't even necessarily have to. <laughs> she must reference no, she must put a reference man. no but it's a situation of i think the biggest thing is we're doing it and we're making it popular amongst ourselves and the market says nah that's not for us it's trashy and then someone rich and famous does it and then all of a sudden you know it's so which is it do you guys like it or do you not like it? Is it the fact that it's us doing it? Because then, then it's an issue. Because you, you're saying my culture does not suit me, but it might suit you. Exactly. Okay. That's that's a whole system thing. Because the system is against black people. The system True. as a whole. But also, you know? here's a question for you guys. Amongst the four of us here, Suso, Trumps, Lelo, yeah. how many black you people what? do you know who have Chinese tattoos? Oh my goodness. Quite a few, a lot, a lot. And they all don't know what it means. They don't know what it means. All of them don't know what it means. Is that not cultural appropriation? People put in, you know, it's because a Chinese person can just say, that's our language, that's our culture, that's those are our terms. Even those tribal tattoos. The tribal tattoos. For those tribes and you're just doing I'm so happy, I'm so happy that you brought that up and it goes back to your previous statement. I really think the whole thing of cultural appropriation, you know. Yeah. Is yeah. it really a thing? Like <laughs> because how it's a many bit gray. how many how many black girls are out there with tribal tattoos? Whole with sleeves. Yeah. Sleeves of whatever and Chinese no, things. I don't but, even know what it means. But do you know what it is, bruh? 
but but it goes back to the point of who's the oppressor. I think it's that relationship of oppressor and oppressed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you are not part of the oppressor, you can't culturally appropriate. You know? You can borrow. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't. Be, no, no think about it like this. No, I was going back to the whole black people can't be racist. No, but you yes. know, what? I think it. I think it's a thing of. No, you were mentioning uh, that, that's how thing, you you were no, mentioning uh, how history is whitewashed, right? Yeah. If yeah. some if you can not say don't do you know Chinese tattoos or tribal tattoos as long as you understand where it comes from because as soon as it becomes a fashion statement, me who is from a tribe where that tattoo means something or it is a rite of passage or whatever, you guys are wiping out my history and you're making it a fashion statement. So it, yeah. now there's a whole thing of people realizing that um, cornrows, the, the real meaning behind cornrows, and like what what it used to mean for slaves and whatnot. I think what did it mean? So um, I don't know how true this is because it seems like one of those Facebook stories that I made up. But apparently the pattern of uh, of your cornrows used to be a map so that slaves could you know run away from like. the station. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> that. <laughs> I, it's like what I do. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I do, what I do know is that um, a lot of cultures, yeah. even now in Africa, but back then when they were slaves, they used to hide um, seeds and corn in their hair. You, you, they used to braid it because you can't always just steal from your master. So you, they used oh, to wow. hide it in the hair, and then if they leave, they still have seeds to plant wherever they're going. That one makes sense. I don't know about the map. The map seems a little yeah. sketchy, but what is, the fact that like the doctor, who's the doctor guy? Who's that weird doctor guy who thinks he's the blackest guy in the world? What's his name, Gum? That Mark. American guy. Yeah, That's it sounds like something he would say. Yeah, yeah that I, whole Koro thing sounds like something he would say. <laughs> look, man, I think on the topic of him, I genuinely think he's manic, but I'm not a psychologist. So I, I'm just going to say that <laughs> he may have undiagnosed mental issues because when you watch his videos from back then when he was level-headed, the, and I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, he says valid things right one of the one of the conversations he's always having is generational wealth of black people it makes complete sense and then he just keeps on adding like really weird like like, left you know so he has a point generally but these days he's just insane like he he says things that don't make sense one of my favorites like yo when he's on the live it's like listen here to everybody if you are married to a white woman please get off the live get off the live Get off the live right now. You're talking about Uma Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's no. A, that's a crazy a, one, actually, but... Yeah. I think it's very entertaining. I love listening to him. He's very entertaining. The one about marrying black women, you know, not being allowed to marry a white woman, he's got a point with that, you know, um, who you marry is really your prized position. It shows you to where your priorities lie. For real? Um, Let's hear that. Let's I don't know. What do you mean? No, Expand it's not. No, it's not. Wait, let's hear what you said. I can disagree with you before I even hear what you said. No, what is it? I agree with him. I was like, okay, he's got a point here. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's a matter of priorities, right? It's like, this is what I value. You know, and, and he's, he's pushing an agenda of pushing the black family, you know, um, pushing black people and saying the black family needs to be strong. So if we want to do that, marry our sister, you know, it just makes sense. Uh, well, I don't think it's a priority. Personally, 
if we're pushing um, the black family agenda, if we're pushing the black family agenda, because that's what he's pushing, right? And yeah, okay. Well, according to that, if you're if you're if you're all about progressing the black family, then I could see why marrying a white person might be counterproductive. But your kids will be black. But the thing is, your kids won't <laughs> be black. So when uh, they're with their yeah. white family, no, listen. When they're with their white family, wait. Have you seen my brother? Is he black or not? Amongst your kids' white family, they'll never be white enough. And because maybe your, your own family as a black person didn't necessarily like the fact that you married someone white or had kids with someone white, your kid will never see, be seen as black enough. So there's that whole argument of mixed race children may have a bit of an identity crisis, yeah. but I don't think it's so much a South African issue because yeah, everyone is everyone on, outside, right? Come on. But come on, little people. Yeah. You speak up. So, 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 you you are just I'm saying I don't I I, I, I like the whole point is like people will always try and define what black is or what white is. That will always happen. Even if you're black, even if your parents are black, just because they've got money, you're still not seen as black enough because you don't identify with the broader um black um experience. So I don't so that for me is just like if you're gonna predicate your arguments on that, then generally people then most black people should not have money and so on, which is not true. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. if you want to predicate it on how society views views that particular person, I don't really think it really that's a really good argument. Secondly, guys, like why why are we making marriage such an important thing, bro? It's so irrelevant. It's just a financial it's really beyond that kind of thing. Look, I yeah. personally my my biggest <laughs> thing is being comfortable. So my reason for not dating a white guy isn't because they're ugly or what they shed they, they shed the the hair the hair part is just no for me. But in general, <laughs> how do you bring this man? Because you know, as a black person growing up as a black person around black people, there's certain things that you learn that are unspoken. Mm-hmm. Like Utafita like to you you'll arrive, there's a family gathering, you know, the boys know where to go, the girls may know where to go. How do you explain that in words when you you just know it's a thing for you? Like he's just mm. imagine I was floating the goat. You know the boys know they help. You know even if it's bringing the mm. dish where you are gathering the blood. Now he's like, why are we gathering the blood? Why are we? Why don't we just get money like uh, meat from the butchery and like what's the issue? So it's those spiders. Why don't you get meat from the butchery? Yeah, we it's easier. To our it's easier, dude. So, blood. so much easier. Okay, why are those so so savage? So the animal at the butcher didn't get his. Why do they need blood Wait. to communicate with you? So, so the animal at the butcher didn't have didn't have blood. Is that what they're trying to say? The one at the butcher didn't spill blood, so it just died. <laughs> no, the, the thing is, the blood spills down the train. The thing is, you need to collect the blood and then put it there at the what's that, what's that thing called? Oh, the soldier. Wait, um, guys, what are we on this topic of marriage? Let's move on to other things, man. No, what, what are you guys doing? Sam, that thing. Where you put your link Guys, your... currently, currently where we are in 2020 and, and the space you're in, what are your views on marriage? Do you guys still like think it's a thing? I you guys looking to get married house. one day? Or you just want to be My with your partner? My views haven't changed. It's useless, it's just a financial mess, and it's unnecessary. Okay, Nello? But So what happens, what, happens when, what happens when you're with uh, someone who wants to get married? So I see you, we are Jordan Omozu. Or you're going to have that they conversation must... before, before you date. I always have that conversation. It's a simple thing. If you want to get First married, please yeah. go find. 
Please go, please go find someone who wants to get married. Don't cut don't stay here because you'll be hurt. Yes. <laughs> but you know, I Nothing. think it's it's a thing of when you, you make a decision based on the people you've been with, and you're kind of like, clearly according to my track record, I'd never marry any of these people. So you come to the conclusion that you'll never want to be married. But then you'll find that one person, like you guys were saying now, you are nice with them, Jolo. You could have never imagined it two, two three years ago because your history with the people you had been with, it wasn't like an option. But it could be that this person comes and you actually change your mind. This is how people end up, leave six-year relationships and then marry the girl they met for six months. It wasn't... I'll tell you this, My thing with marriage is, so my first thing is, I'm not sure if I want to have kids, but this is where I am, right? So I'm not having kids. And I don't see the point of getting married if I'm not having kids. Because the only reason I would get married is for the kids to have the surname and a proper family structure. And a proper family structure. But beyond that, if I'm not having kids, what is the purpose of marriage? What's the goal? So, um, do do, do you know that the thing is for me, right? And how how I view marriage now in 2020 in August the 18th, in October the 18th. You know, I think it's it makes sense why it held such a big big stature or role in the past in the traditions and all of that because of what it gives you and what it signals for you as a human being as a man as a as a leader of your family and all of that you know because it was used to join two families or to push together two agendas or two political ideals and such like that right mm. now because i look at it now and we we know if, a couple of our friends who are married now, you know, and you see how his life is turning and doing his, he has access to certain things now. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I actually, I actually wanted to say this in the group the other day. Um, a person that I hold highly, you know, probably one, one of my employees, you know, and we're having a conversation and we have very frank conversations and he's like, yeah. I really, really appreciate everything that you've done blah 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 but you know you need to really settle down and have a family and do all of that, and that blah, blah, blah. Work? hey man he was explaining he was okay, saying right? so he's like <laughs> you know the work that you do i have to take you i'm taking you to certain meetings and putting you in certain rooms and all of that and the conversation changes every time a bit when it's shown that you are not married you don't have kids it shows that you are not really really stable and not I, we can't really put everything on you you know so things like giving you shares or giving you profit share in the company and blah 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 because people that people that are not of a certain level at the time are not viewed as stable so you know? so marriage and children are the benchmark for stability basically i mean trops i know you know this corporate is like uh, yeah they view it is like you that. Stay, you're married you have kids as a certain but the problem level isn't then you being married the problem is corporate culture yeah and like yes yeah, you fight that big monster yeah. but so that's what i'm saying i see why it held such a huge role back then because it's still nice 2020 and it's still a thing now, still the know? same yeah yeah no it's definitely corporate culture Pete. um yeah where you stay and and you know if you're married to your person or not it really yeah it says a lot about you for corporate culture yeah. um I don't know why they still view it that way. I think they say the your ability to commit and stay the long haul. The irony is that you are the most productive when you don't have distractions like a, a wife and kids. <laughs> but it's a weird. What do they want? Yeah, do they want to be no, a distraction. What do you mean? 
Yeah, but you do that in time. But like, Keith, how how can we listen to corporate culture? Because corporate culture is the same culture that praises women for not being married and not having kids. So when as a man you are only stable when you are married, and when they are only stable when they are not married. Wow. Like, <laughs> where 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 must we? What travel standards must we choose? <laughs> hey, bro, that's another part. It's a patriarchal thing, you know. Um, corporate yeah. is very patriarchal. Mm. So it's it's just one. Of, so that's why I was bringing it up. I'm saying it hasn't changed the way I view marriage. It just it cemented the way I viewed marriage because I've always viewed marriage as something that's, you know, very very archaic and something something that makes sense in the modern era. But I see why it played such a huge role in the past, you know. respect it as well not just amongst her family and your family but amongst people who know you are married because yeah. what's the point of you being married if you're just going to live a whole life so i was telling Keith now that it happened twice the first one was with my fling and i sent him a message i was like hey dude i saw the other day your profile picture inside your house and this happens to be she actually has the same name as me so i would mention which name but yeah so I was like congratulations you know how the girls cuz he's got like commission at me you got many kids for his age basically and he mm-hmm. is now married to the latest one from other mm-hmm. so I was like congrats man but the weird thing is beginning of the year right he was like we need to meet up let's rekindle our shit I was like oh heaven <laughs> okay and that wasn't an issue hey, but how are you six months later <laughs> in a marriage right and that, that's fine as yeah. in the relationship I mean, great he's like yeah no um ah things with this like i've been thinking about you for two or three weeks i was like is that so and yeah no he lives in one of the capes now and he wants me to come visit i was like you want me to pop by to the cape it's you don't live in one of the rides that you just live in but you want me to visit you as a married man all the way down the end of our country it's so just a little man just a little man it's a bad like the girl the girl is a sangoma i don't you i don't Whoa, don't mess uh, don't mess with that don't mess with that like the thing is it, they always say do not cheat if what's you the worst that could happen she will know and then she yes, comes to me and i'm catching the smoke what's the worst that could happen i'm so yeah. sorry the healers will come for you Mm-mm. you want to mess with the sangoma chick they'll never come for him they'll they come for me that's the problem the other day but i was like together the clearly inally the agenda was buffet <laughs> now i came i accompanied a friend because she was fibbing with someone else <laughs> i was like what's i king it's free alcohol i need a break let's go we go there it's one of the nicest states that side is centurion the boys the boys pulling up in nice cars you know being flashy yeah you know something to drink you know you know how they are after a while i'm like So this friend of mine talks a lot unfortunately so i i arrive and i know everyone's story no one knows me but yeah. i know everyone's story and i meet this guy let's call him james james has never ring on and james is the only one that i don't know about um and another guy but that guy has his ring on you know so i get the agenda mm-hmm. is fit so i tell this other guy i was like mate me i don't fuck around with people's marriages you can be, have a girlfriend and choose to go outside your relationship because home affairs knows you're single until you're married But as soon as you decide that you're married, I can't catch the the karma. So fine, leave him. Now I'm busy with this one. 
as I leave for my boyfriend to pick me up and I told this guy, I'm like, we can we can live in this bubble where I'm flirting with you and you know things are nice, but just so you know, I'm being picked up by my person. Like, ah, tell him that you know you're busy. I was like, wait, no. <laughs> as I leave, I'm told that everyone <laughs> in that party is married. The girls are married, the guys are married. I was like, what's the point? What the hell? The worst part is the, the place we were in was an Airbnb, ne? but they have a house. One of the guys has a house in the same estate, like up the road. His girlfriend what is up the there. hell? And we're down here. I'm a swingers, guys. Leave swingers <laughs> alone. Ah, it was a but lot. They, they must make everyone aware. Look, I appreciate if when you're kind of like. Um, I'm married and I want to stop this thing with you because then that gives me an, an option to be a side chick if I decide to be exactly, a side chick. Exactly. So I told the, I told this guy I'm like James, but the issue is I told you because him and his friend wanted me at the same time. I was like, first of all, I'm not doing a devil's three way with any of you niggas because y'all niggas are dirty. But uh, James's friend, you have a ring on your finger and I see it very clearly. I appreciate you for wearing it and I appreciate you for being frank, but no. So I said to him, I'm like, when I had that conversation with your friend when you were there, you could have told me that you were married. But because, <laughs> again, you're trying to push your agenda, you left it out. Actually, you, you touched on something that I want to ask, guys. Um, and I know it's just flirting, but if you're in a relationship, are you still allowed to flirt with other people? Yes, because yes, other people are good looking. Do we become blind all of a sudden? Whoa, guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. What are we saying? Like... We're saying you're allowed to flirt. That's what we're saying. Isn't that, a, <laughs> is, is that not dangerous for your relationship, though? Because now you're allowing... If, if a little flirting can fuck up your relationship, then your relationship is already in trouble, dog. <laughs> you know, the oh, thing yeah? is, to what end are you flirting? Yeah, because that's the flirting thing, though. It's flirting. It is what it is. We could know? just be having fun. The thing is, I think the problem <laughs> is we, 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 like, we like denying that we like attention and affection like it's it's true you need it so when someone flirts with you yeah, you look nice not. you look cute you're getting that attention but at the end of the day you know where home is and you go home but also my thing is here right there are certain things that you receive from other people that you're not getting from your partner and that mm. becomes dangerous that's what i'm saying so if if you're entertaining the flirting or the flirtatiousness because your partner is just now Mr. Watch TV. I don't, I don't really appreciate when you put on makeup. I don't appreciate mm. when you put on a, a sexy little black number. It is what it is, you know. Yeah. And then this guy, tall, dark, handsome nigga that just comes is just giving you so much affection and so love. And he, he had to be tall, dark. Of course. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, if a if a short, light skin nigga is giving you attention, like ah, oh, no. You have so much hope. So cute. Wow. Ah, short men have no hope. Oh man. But you get what I'm saying? It's it's it could be small things. It could be someone giving you McDonald's and saying, hey, let's go have McDonald's. Just because your partner is stopped doing small things like offering you food and buying you lunch. You're like, oh, okay, that's cool. Let's go do it. And then, yeah. Yo, you know, guys, after that, you're opening up the wound shows. But if it's it's just flirting, you know, someone's flirting, so you're enjoying their attention, but like, ah, you know, my man's is here, it's coming to me, like Lilo said, 
you know, you can flirt with me, but my man is coming to pick me up. Like, I'll have a conversation I'm with you. I'm going to get dicked down after this. So, <laughs> Tell me I'm pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me I got a big ass. Thank you. I know he knows too. <laughs> he told me this this morning. Him. He told me this this morning. He said I looked good <laughs> and then I'm going to trap niggas. And I did. And I went back to him. You know, but if you think that. about it, if the last time your man or your girl, the last time she said you are nice or you're good, whatever, was like six, seven months ago. And then Tabi saying comes through looking fire and she tells you, yo, you're looking good, man. <laughs> you smell nice. Wait, guys, did, did, we close, did we close the marriage conversation? I was asking you a question, Keith, to say if your current partner had to tell you that, listen, she, you know, she wants the marriage thing. What would your response be to this? Okay, if my current partner... So, humans are allowed to change their minds. That's my thing, right? Mm. So, we can always say, hey, bruh, I have this conversation straight up at the same time before we start dating. Yes, cool. Then you get into a relationship three, four years down the line. She feels different. She Mm. knows Mm. her body is reacting differently. She's feeling broody. She's feeling things that she can't Control. control, you know. At the end of the day, biology happens where you you go in heat. You know, it is what it is. Once a month. And then you start just feeling weird about babies and kids and all of that. And like, actually, let's do this. And it, beca- mm-hmm. and it really starts meaning a lot to her. And you haven't changed her in any, in, at, at all. You know, it's not a bad thing to change your mind. It happens. You are human. Life happens. Life continues. You can't be at the same place that you were in 2015 or 2016. And that yeah. goes with the choices that you've made. So it, it really has to now come back down to communication. I am a stickler for communication. You need to communicate how you feel and then we make a decision going forward, a joint decision. Don't have now these things in your head and try and trap me and try mm. to think and say, I'm the asshole. Now you're telling your friend, your family that I'm the one who's not gonna marry you, who's not gonna give you kids. Next gonna... thing you're on, much alive. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So communicate with me and say, babe, listen, I know we had this conversation like five years ago, but now I feel like I wanna have a kid or I wanna get married. What do you think? How have you changed yeah. your mind at all? And I say, actually, great. I've also been thinking the same thing. Let's do it, bitch. <laughs> And then we do You know? Oh, do you guys think you guys think there's a proxy for like reasoning capacity? Um, how do you tell if someone can <laughs> reason properly? Proxy for what? Know, <laughs> for reasoning, I'm lost. For reasoning capacity. So like you know, we speak about communication, but people lose things through the cracks, like I don't know if it's got to do with reasoning capacity or just, you know, not understanding each other because... Cognitive ability, I, I think, as well, comes in there. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It goes, it goes with personality, though, because I was having this discussion with a friend of mine. Um, he's, yo, he's deep within the fields and the herds. Um, and he was saying he's been communicating, like, so, like in, the, in the nicest way possible, his concern and his whatever. And because this girl is in whatever headspace she's in, she's viewing it as something completely different. You can only communicate to a certain extent and try explain your intentions to a certain extent. But if someone is set in whatever headspace they're in or they are intent on viewing whatever you say in a certain way, it it will never work. So it's a two-way thing. You have to be as unambiguous as possible, but the person also has to be open to listening and not making a judgment on the first thing you said based on things that happened like three years ago last time you said this you were this kind of person 
So if you're not in the headspace to actually hear people out and give them the benefit of the doubt, then communication is never going to work. It's just going to be arguments, basically. You know, my thing with this is... I'm glad you're having this conversation because I was actually saying this to somebody else earlier today. Medium and approach is very, very important mm-hmm. when it comes to communication. Yes, I love communication. I love people who can communicate effectively. But also being able to communicate effectively is knowing your audience, knowing that you're using the right medium, you're using the right tone, you, you, you're doing everything. You're, you, exactly. you're doing everything you can to make sure you whatever you say doesn't get lost in translation. You know, mm. I could tell you like the the smallest things of like, listen, this is how I feel about this and this and this and this. But because of the way I said it, if I was shouting or if I said it in text, but if I just yeah. you know, set you down and put an, a nice little boy and arrow on it and said, listen, I wanted to do this and this is how I feel, you will take it differently. But if I am shouting and you, after a long day that you've had with dealing with white people and blah, 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 and I'm coming, also I'm coming at you, blah, 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 you're not going to be very receptive to what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Communication so, is like 80% tone. Yeah, being definitely. Honest. Tone and medium. You know, because I think when everything, commun- when the combos communicate, your message comes across perfectly. Mm. You know, yeah. if you want to, if you like, there's a reason why people choose the right setting to break up with somebody. You know, <laughs> don't just go, nah, Jay. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, communic- it's not about. Proxy of reasoning ability and all that. Yeah, some people are just stuck. But if you know the person that you're trying to communicate to well enough, if it's your partner and you know that, okay, I must not say certain things maybe on a Monday afternoon because that's when she has a crush. I must not say something when the periods are just starting because she's really, really, you know, hectic around that time. Or she's been having situations with her with her mother or something and she's feeling very fragile. This might not be the right time to bring this up. So let me hold it up. If, if, if it's that important, it can wait a bit longer. But here's my mm-hmm. here's my question, mm-hmm. actually. Wait, okay, you mm-hmm. were disagreeing here. So. I, I, no, no. This whole thing of tone and whatnot, guys, say what you gotta say, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying be rude to a person, but say what you gotta say when you gotta say it, man. Like, the way it comes out is the way it comes out, bro. So one up have... Nah. One of the problem is, bro, like a lot of the time, if, yeah, Sharp, you're gonna be making all those considerations, okay? Currently, I think my so, the right so, time so, so, to approach, yeah. Sorry to jump in this, so I think you're confusing with like you're thinking when Keith and I talk about tonality, you're thinking they kind of sugarcoat things, no. they're not saying sugarcoat mm-hmm. it. But you know they're saying if I use the right tone and medium, yeah. Like for me, if you shout at me, I'm not gonna hear anything you're gonna say. You could be saying the right thing, something that I've needed to hear for ten years of my life. I could be in the wrong, but if you shout at me, I'm not gonna hear anything. I shut down. Okay, but Spiso, you can continue, bro. Continue, guys. Spiso <laughs> 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 just wants to say what continue, he wants to say guys. when he wants to. Continue. Continue. I think it's no, but what I'm saying is, yeah. It's like one thing I noticed that two people are too worried about how things are gonna come across that they never get to having those conversations because they are too worried. They're like, Ish, I don't know how this is gonna come across, how this person is gonna receive it or not. Next thing you're sitting ten years later and you still haven't had a conversation you wanted to have. You know what I mean? Also like putting it off, you are no longer. 
Look, some no, things don't, I don't have think... a perfect setting, so you have to just say them, but say them nicely, though. So people have feelings. Alright. People have feelings, but I'm not responsible for your feelings. I'm only <laughs> responsible for... <laughs> See, that this, is... also, this also goes to, like, who it is. Know your audience, because one of the points I made was knowing your audience. Like, mm. there are some people that you don't really give a shit about. You don't care what, how they feel, how they take it. You say it, right? I don't give a fuck. I'm saying what I'm saying. You take it how you want to take it, and I'm moving on with my life, you know? But if this is your person, if this is your life partner, if this is your mother, this is your aunt, this is someone that you really, really care about, you really, you care about how they will receive it and how they will feel about what you've said afterwards. You know, but if this is just human, fuck that. Yeah, I'm saying what I'm saying. Move on. Whether you take it likely, likely or not, it's up to you, bro. I have said what I said. I feel it's good about myself. I like care about. But I, I, I get what Spice was saying because also sometimes you're going through whatever. Like you made examples about, you know, if it's a Monday or if she's on a period or whatever. And that's assuming that she's like in a great mental frame of mind and this is just like a situational yeah. thing. But how then do you communicate with someone who's got like prolonged or chronic mental health issues or their mental health isn't like the best? Because I know I have habits that I, for all the therapy and for all the thousands I've paid that I can't get out of in the sense that when I'm upset about something, I shut down and I block everyone else. So I know it's difficult to then try to be the supportive person in that situation because I'm not being receptive to anything anyone is saying i'm a horrible person so i usually just lock myself away because i know whatever anyone's going to say to me i'm going to be irritated by it i'll be annoyed and i'll just be like short and curt and i know the kind of person i am when i'm in a certain state but it's also something that i've been working to get out of because i realize people can't be there for you if you don't want people around kind of crazy you say that like why is therapy so expensive though? Like, I mean, I was looking at my medical aid and I'm looking at, you know, the savings that I have and I'm like, even with my medical aid, I can't afford therapy. It's so crazy. Like, you know, it's, uh, no, why is it so expensive? Niche market. It's, the not, one, it's not for everybody. The one thing, no, it should be for everyone. No, that's what I'm saying. The problem, not everyone feels like they should be going to therapy. Not everyone feels like there's something wrong with them mentally, so fuck you. So yeah, so I get what you're saying. It's not, for a lot of people, it's not primary healthcare. So you are you as a therapist are not getting a lot of clients because it's not like one of the things a lot of people come for. So your price has to make up for the fact that you're not getting as many people as if you were a GP. You know, a GP can call they can charge you like five hundred rand because they know mm-hmm. after like you the whole day. day. Yeah, the kind of thing. So that's one thing. The other thing is I'm pretty sure psychologists are trying to pay off their debts. Because the way the system is set up, you have to go through three different degrees to be a qualified psychologist. A psychiatrist is different because you do your MBCHB and then you specialize in psychiatry. So you do what your YSMD? Yeah. Hmm. MBCHB. <laughs> you basically become a doctor, right? You become a doctor, you go through all of your rotations around gyne and obstetrics and surgery and whatever you do all the rotations you basically know everything about the human body and then you decide i want to do psychology so you become a psychiatrist that's a lot of like there's a difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist a psychiatrist is a doctor by profession an mbchb they went to school for six plus years or however long it is they have their degree a psychologist 
you do your i think it's a ba in psychology for four years yeah then you do your honors then you do your masters only by your masters are you a professional that is allowed to see people and like give people advice then some people go on and become phds and then they're doctor mama as a psychologist but that's purely because they had to go through four different degrees to get that so the way psychology is set up unfortunately it is what it is it's Trump's not just freaking the fuck out right now he's like shit how much longer must i wait so it's it's unfortunate that's what it is Oh no, we're going to discuss things. that's yeah, offline we'll discuss that. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the biggest one of the biggest things is that um mental health wasn't seen as like a priority to a lot of people and to mm. just legislation in general because it doesn't have monetary value but now people are realizing and now more than ever um because of just the weight of the pandemic and what it means to be mentally sane a lot of people have been thrust into situations that are not mentally you know feasible yeah. for them so, and what, now what if, yeah yeah you, you can continue later so i was saying um now in business so people are saying actually the cost of mental health isn't just to the individual but it is to us as an economy us as a company because mm. our people are productive Definitely. and people are productive they're not making us money so now all of a sudden mental health has a like a, a price tag on it and people are like yeah we should probably given therapy yeah. I've seen yeah. with, with myself um, when I feel flustered and like you know mentally not okay I just like tend to shut everyone out and just want to be alone and mm. one of my friends was making a joke to me he was like in action doggy life uzume grey you know with the whatsapp gp <laughs> when you don't yeah, put anything exactly. on like don't let life reach <laughs> to that point <laughs> um, but you know but yeah like my yeah, thing yeah. now with that is that and I actually want to ask this question uh, to everybody and I think I asked it just as we go going into like the different levels level 2 level 3 and as you know the, the relaxed levels of lockdown but now I'm just asking you know like when you look at it in retrospect how has covid or not even covid how has the lockdown and being quarantined and being by yourself or being locked into a place where you're constricted and life has changed in a very dramatic way right how has that affected your mental health like do you feel like if you, if you are someone that participates in mental health and knowing who you are and knowing who you are and how you feel about a certain yeah yeah time, how do you, do you do you see a difference in how it affects you at its peak and how you feel now and how it affected you overall looking at it in hindsight do you know yeah so in hindsight i think the combination of social media and the lockdown really deteriorated my mental health quite a lot. But as soon as I stopped like as soon as I quit like more like social media platforms um my mental health improved quite significantly. So I think if it, if a lot if, if if I had if I started lockdown and if I quit social media before lockdown I think my mental health would have been fine throughout lockdown but I think it just became worse because like twitter and instagram just created this big echo chamber of a lot of people complaining about lockdown complaining about being alone complaining about this and that every day and then you you are just like you start taking on those emotions even though you're not feeling them you start taking them on because everyone else is feeling them so i think it was me quitting social media was a benefit to my mental health but yeah. lockdown itself didn't really have a significant impact yeah so i i, I totally okay. agree with you i thought 
I felt the same way. Um, because of lockdown, I was more on the social, so a lot on Twitter. And yo, some of the comments, man, I don't know why it gets to me sometimes when I see stupid opinions. I'm just like, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> like, and I don't know why I let that get to me because I'm like, are there people that think like that? You know, um, but yeah, like, I want to really like ease off the socials a bit, and I think that'll help me mentally. Because for some reason, really honestly, when I see some opinions, I'm just like, it just bothers me. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. But yeah. Block, block, block. Block, block, block. Block, block, block. Block, block. <laughs> block. Like, um, every, in the beginning, so I, I, I had filtered out a lot of things because I know some people will retweet very triggering things. And I think at the beginning of the year, I was following people or like interacting with people who would retweet very graphic things. Yeah. And I decided in the beginning, I'm like, if I see a graphic video without a trigger warning and you decided to just happily retweet it or put it onto my timeline, I am blocking you. You didn't do anything personal to me. I just don't want your energy in my space. So I've filtered out. So as much as I think what you you and um, Svisa are saying is that you were just taking it all in. I sort of put mm. myself in a little bubble where I'm with people who I know are feel good people. They might complain because naturally we're in a state where no one, you, you're forced into, a, like, you can't do anything. You have no opportunity to do anything. And I think even people who had claimed themselves as house bodies before the lockdown, the fact that you had an opportunity to go out when you wanted to, was the difference and you you chose to be a house body now you are inside you even if you're a house body and you want to go walk outside there was a point where you couldn't even walk outside your house yeah. level five was lit and i panicked and i think my biggest thing was being alone with my thoughts and my family <laughs> and it actually didn't turn out so bad we are a whole lot closer now um yeah, but it's going back to the normal thing. Like, I, I'm not allowed out, but whatever, it's fine. Um, but we got a whole lot closer. And I think my mom at one point was, you know, trying to force us to be like very um, family orientated and okay, let's sit down and one like together and one. And she tried to do us like a whole prayer thing. I was like, this is not going to work, babe. It's definitely not going to work. Um, but eventually we eased into what she wanted and like we watched the river together we have a whole schedule as a family but it came naturally in the sense that in the beginning we all had to freak out a little and be in our own space and then realize we're with each other for the next six or seven months because my dad in the beginning had said please don't look at 21 days and think it's over this thing is going to end up until september he was wrong because it's still going but still like we we knew from the get-go that we're not getting out of this anytime soon <laughs> him and his other information wherever he got it from he's like just express yeah so, yourself you feel stupid that we all thought this thing was going to last 21 days we're like ah 21 days let's go six months later seven months later like, we spent a year inside and people are saying we must rest rest rest, rest for what no, rest, 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 rest for what but the whole point is that I think we 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 were still we were still being very naive because we trusted our government guys. You know, oh, you know we trusted them to t- to take. You know, that, yeah, it was a mistake for us, but we trusted them to, to do the right thing. You know, and then they disappointed us, so we're back to play one. You know, it's just a dog. Like we can we can bitch and moan about the government and everything, but one thing I can take from this is that we nobody alive right now had ever witnessed or being part of a pandemic before. Mm. 
you know so everybody was spitballing even the experts all these experts were you know i found out recently like a few months ago that there's a terminology for what pender pendermenologist or something like that somebody who specializes in, pen, in pandemic so i'm like bruh so there hasn't been a pandemic a pandemic in like 50 60 years so what have you been and now doing you're the pro life? no exactly. but that's where you're wrong that's where you're wrong and what i've realized with this pandemic is that there's on 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 surface level layman there hasn't been a pandemic this big since the spanish flu yeah if you are in the industry of virology in my and epidemiology and microbiology you realize that we've been dodging bullets for years because of them year. well i mean they were good at their jobs and they stopped it okay so this time they fucked up i don't right. know sorry guys up. i apologize so you guys have been good apparently <laughs> this there was a there was a there was another coronavirus before this one that had the potential to be as big but there's always been coronaviruses basically since yeah. bird flu since the, the other ones since sars they've always been there they, they picked them up but it hasn't been a global pandemic in a while yeah i feel like saying go ask china it all happened in china <laughs> the Hey guys, let's not delve into those because cons- the conspiracy conspiracy theories will lead you down a rabbit hole, bro. Like there's always a conspiracy for something. You But know? wait, I actually have yeah. to say this. Remember when I told you that I'm gonna do a thread um, yeah, on gonna... what my dad told me, and then my dad was like, "Cut that shit out." Then do that. Hey, do that shit. <laughs> so he was telling me about a scientist who had worked in the lab in Wuhan years, years ago. Yeah. Um, and he so this the you were saying about two predominant people there's a anti vaxxer in the states and then i forgot about this other one uh, i think this is the the anti vaxxer is american and this other one was the one who was working in Wuhan and this anti uh, the the guy in the lab said that when this shit started um he tried to contact all his colleagues that he worked with years ago obviously they weren't working on he wasn't working on whatever they were working on currently but she tried to contact them and every last one of them had either died or disappeared so take that as you wish the other guy was like how is it that something we are saying is the flu or is like the flu on steroids can go and we know the flu is seasonal because it needs cold weather to flourish and the the the, the dryness of the air or whatever I'm, i don't i don't know but he said how is it that the entire world who is in different seasons are having the pandemic all at the same time because we were in summer no we were going into winter when it started right europe yeah. was in summer now the reason why it's getting worse that side is because apparently they are now going into winter first of all and yeah, they don't yeah. wear masks but we are we're a whole lot better and the reason why some people are saying that there won't be a second wave is because we learn from their mistakes and we're going into summer but like there's a there's a gray area where you're kind of like mm, because once you started you don't stop man. there's, there's, there's a, so many theories and so many and everybody always has evidence to back up what they're saying you know and that's the one messed up thing about um the age of the internet because mm-hmm. everybody proof. has proof. i mean do you guys remember the age of illuminati you'd watch hours oh. of footage of why Jay-Z and Beyonce and Madonna and all of these things oh, gosh Dude. I have never played that song ever again uh, <laughs> reminds me of the lady with Monster who was saying Monster was I don't remember what she was saying Monster's funding the Illuminati or some shit like that it's a sign of the devil Imagine. 
The thing is, the devil is never gonna hide himself. You're gonna find him. That's <laughs> whether you believe in him or not. He's always going to be there. He likes taking the blame. So it doesn't change the fact that we're here now. Do you know we, we still need to have like a religion episode and just talk about this whole thing? But I feel like the devil is probably. <laughs> ก็คอนเทนต์ของเซเว่นเฮ้ยยอนะแต่แต่เดวิลยูโนว่าแต่เดวิลอิสนอทแอสออร์เรฟิกแอสโอเคโอเคโอเคโอเคโอเคโอเ
that I've been listening to um then shows yo I'm watching random shits documentaries on YouTube yeah um yeah there's some people that are just crazy I was watching this documentary where There's people who have an argument to say the earth is still flat. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, flat earthers. Oh, what is on flat earthers? Yeah, flat earthers, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> so I've been watching like random shit. No, it's the shit, age but... of the internet, trust me, dog. Like, you Google enough and you look it up enough, you, you will find something. evidence that proves that Can the earth is flat. <laughs> imagine that, imagine that. I so, saw yeah, someone tweeted who said, who, who created math and how do we know he's right? Exactly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> how? How do we know he's right? you know but it's interesting yeah so i'm just watching random documentaries on youtube and yeah the only album i've been listening to is cast but oh okay so on your side um i haven't been listening to anything uh i don't i've been watching a lot of like space documentaries i've been yeah but i've just been like i've literally like literally this whole time i've just been in my work that's all i've been doing like I'm like my life has been become so boring bro like you don't understand that's why this december <laughs> on the 15th <laughs> hey, ah, guys ah, it's going to be late 15th of november 15th of november so next year <laughs> you're <laughs> goodness if i don't die it's going to be a good day it's going to be a good week <laughs> well yeah. if i don't die <laughs> no oh make it out alive it's going to be fine <laughs> <laughs> no definitely december has to be something epic man because we've been through a lot 2020 Oh, you know we oh, might we might still be on level 1. It's fine. It's, it's okay. <laughs> we'll go home and party at the home at at midnight. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with partying till midnight. Just It's actually safer. Yeah. No one will get kidnapped. Yeah, you guys your home of goodness, Lelo. Oh my goodness. Don't remind yeah. me, bro. Why Lilo, why you you, you mentioned I saw it on your status. You said you wanted to de- December to be like last year but without the kidnappings. No, not last year. Or the year before, whenever. The year before, yes. No, bro, without the kidnapping accusations. Oh, accusations. Sorry, it was an alleged kidnapping. Right. Yes, yes, yes. There was no kidnapping, so it can't be alleged. <laughs> <laughs> Uh my side I have been uh, pretty much a hermit. Um unfortunately I'm back on lupus meds. Yeah. So my 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 body my body tried to kill me again which was fun. Um it's actually on my birthday funny enough I had plans to drink and get drunk and be merry and you know be driven around and um all my joints in my body kind of swollen they were swollen and I was out of commission for like a week. I was in bed for a week. Um but ironically this is as much as it's been the worst year it's also been the best because my mind thing is up and running. We're actually a thing now. We create content. What is that? So for those of you guys who don't know, um Mindlink is a for profit i want to make that very clear that we're not an ngo we are for profit we're trying to we're make here money. for the man we're here for the but environmental and <laughs> as much as we want to make money um we it started as a passion project for my from my cousin and i because we realized that we're in a unique situation we were around physicians and we're around people who Um okay I have a minute to pitch this right so basically it's a mental health company that um does mental health awareness and we're trying to do grassroots projects because if you are a person who will seek help and we make help available in general we'll just be better people so um 
yeah that's what mind the kids were creating an app at the moment it should be out next year sometime fingers crossed and yeah we're trying to make mental health cheaper for people because what the fuck two grand for like an hour is not it's not exactly. it's not feasible yeah. Yeah. so yeah um go to the website for more info since they cut me off <laughs> all right yeah i'll share the links with everybody in all our social pages but yeah thank you guys for your time we'll shall link up later see you, you. Bye. bye guys